the scripture reading for today. It's taken from the book of Joshua, chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. And here it goes. Um, it says that when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them at a place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use this 12, these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, I'm going to share a little secret, okay? Um, I have uh, an interesting hobby. Okay, that is that I love, where I love to collect stones. So wherever I go on a mission trip and so on, I will collect stones. Um, and I have collected some stones from the middle of a very shallow uh, river in Thailand. And the stones are, you know, you can see that uh, these are the stones quite alike, quite rather similar. Um, this is taken from a net, okay? If I were to find, okay, the, the stones that I have are stored up in the storeroom. So I had no time to dig it out. So these are the stones that are quite alike. Okay? They're very, very interesting. The difference between the stones that I've collected from land and the stones that I've collected from the middle of the river is this, that all the edges are smooth. And it, it's very nice to touch, you know, when you feel it. It's, it's just very gentle on your, on your fingers. So firstly, they are smooth from all ages, okay? Um, the stones were probably naturally carved out okay, by the waters and also probably particles on it. Um, so, why, so why did God wanted the 12 men to pick up the stones from the middle of the Jordan River? Perhaps this was to symbolize a difference. And what difference would that be? That these stones from the middle of Jordan are not anywhere else on land. In fact, it was symbolic to them to remember of what God did, as we read in the passage earlier. So what God did is so important. And what did God do? God held up the waters. Okay, he held the waters so that the Israelites can walk on dry river bed. Hence, it was possible for them to collect all these 12 stones in the middle of Jordan because God was there to help them and God held up the water. And the difference is, is this. Israel is God's people. That is the greatest difference. Israel is God's people. Israel is gathered by God, shaped by God. And this is, this is a clear reminder that this miracle took place so that the Israelites were able to cross over. You know, one thing is something that I would like to ask all of you is that have you experienced a miracle from God? Honestly, yeah, from my view, I believe that every one of us have experienced or had experienced miracles from God before. And the, but the question is this, have we identified them? Think about it. Think about it. Have we identified them? There was another instruction given that the 12 men had to collect the stones from where the priest stood. 
what is the significance of picking up the stones from the middle of the Jordan and from the place where the priest stood? Wait a minute. Priests and stones, doesn't that remind you of a very familiar passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5? And it says that you also are living stones, are being built into a spiritual house or temple, okay, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are living stones that God is building into a spiritual house. We are, all of us here, are His holy priesthood. Not just the pastors, but we are all His holy priesthood. Perhaps that is what God is planning to do when heaven comes down. That we are all His holy priesthood, worshipping Him. And let me tell you this, okay? It's not going to happen later, but it's happening now, right now. So the process is happening now. So we do not wait for heaven to to come first, then we become holy priesthood. But the process begins now. We are supposed to be transformed into a holy priesthood, worshipping Him with our hearts and love. And that is what God wants of us, to be able to worship Him, with our hearts. I'm just going to detour a little bit, okay? A little bit. On something some of you may be very interested. Um, Since we are on the topic of priests, what were the priests doing in the middle of the Jordan? What were the priests doing in the middle of the Jordan? Well, nothing. They were just standing in the middle of the Jordan. But how long? The question is, how long did they stand in the middle of the Jordan? You know, it was estimated that if 2.5 million people or Israelites were to cross with their children, elderly, and the cattle, it would take about a month, one month, for the entire Israelite to cross over the Jordan River. The priests probably had to take turns, okay, for this entire month uh, among the other Levites carrying the, assigned to carry the Ark of the Covenant. So these priests were, were there Okay, they were there standing. They were there first, in fact, to step into the water. And they were the last out of the water. So what can we learn from this interesting understanding? That the priests were the first to step in the water. See, fellow priests, if you want others to believe in us or believe in God, perhaps we too have to put our foot into the river first. We have to be the one to put our foot into the dangerous place first. But if you want others to follow us, we have to set the example by putting our foot into the river. If we want to, if we want to set this example, we have to dirty our feet first, take the risk and do so. If we want others to sacrifice, perhaps we have to take the risk to be the last one out of the river to be the last one out of the river. You know, it's very it's natural instinct for us to make sure that our, the people that we love and care, they are in safety first. Then we step out of the river, step out of danger. Same for us. If we want others to truly believe and to sacrifice like the way we do, like Christ did, we have to be the last one out of the river. Not the first, the last one. You know, This 
stones, these 12 stones, why were they erected at Gilgal? Why did God want these 12 stones erected at Gilgal? You know, these stones, as we are known from the passage, very simple, they are there for the future, the future of Israel. They are there to remember what God did for Israel on that day. The water stopped flowing. And why was it important for Israel to remember? But let me first ask you a question. What are your 12 stones? What are your 12 stones? What are the milestones that God had performed in your lives? What are the milestones that God has performed in life? God has left milestones in our lives. God has left 12 stones in our lives, in fact, or more than that. And that those milestones are the evidence of God's presence in our lives. But the question is, have we recognized the milestones that God has left in our lives? Have we identified the 12 stones that God has left, has left in our lives? You know what? What is the best way to remember what God has done for us in our lives? Simple. It is to share it. Milestones helped us to remember of God's goodness and gives us hope. Milestone reminds us that God is still in charge. And milestones is for our future generation. Therefore, we need to identify the milestones that God has placed in our lives. You know, some of you are here because your parents have shared their milestones of what God has done in their lives. And that's why you're here. And if you want your children, your children to continue believing in God, you want to do the same. In the book of Judges, right at the beginning of chapter 1, in fact, you will realize that the entire generation after Joshua and all the leaders had died did not know who God is. They did not know who God is. When the entire generation of Joshua and the leaders died, no one knew who God is. That's important. We have we shared and have we talked about our milestones that God has placed in our lives. They are so important. If we do not share of them, the next generation is at stake. The next generation is in trouble. We need to share the, those milestones. We need to communicate those milestones. We have to do it. If we don't, our next generation would not enjoy the blessings that we are enjoying. The next generation will suffer, in fact, because of our lacking. And I hope that we will take responsibility and share those things to our children. You know, we can't identify them if we can't identify them, we will not be able to remember them. Perhaps this may be your first time hearing this, you know, about milestones and so on. I know we need to do something today, okay? Most of you, when you get home, you're going to forget about what's being preached today. Let's do an experiment, okay? What did Pastor Lee preach last week and what was his first question? <laughs> He said, he asked, what is your greatest moment in your life? What is your greatest moment in your life? You see, that's important that we have to act upon this. So what I'm going to challenge you today is this, okay? I'm not going to ask you to share among one another, but this is a time where you can take out your handphone 
message to your children. One milestone, one milestone that God has performed in your lives. You know, if, you're, if you do not have children yet, well, you can share, you can message to your spouse. If you don't have, you're not married, you're still single, message to your, a spiritual friend, okay, or a spiritual family in church. You can message to a niece, a nephew. But please, the important thing is this, do something. Consider the milestones that God has done and performed in your life. And share it. If you do not share it, you will not remember it. You know, many times, huh, it is the young ones that will tell you, hey, this happened to you before. You know? And it reminds you also. Your young ones will remind you of what God has done in your life. Share it. Okay? Um, some of you, you may feel awkward. That's why I'm not asking you to share among one another. But at least send a message and type it out and send it to one another. I'm going to share with you my milestones again, in short and simple thing. My two daughters, my two daughters are milestones in my life because they are miracle births. If it's not for God, I will not have daughters. I knew it, both my wife and myself, we know it very well, that it was God that has given us my two daughters. Okay? So those are the simple milestones. There are many others I'll share a bit more later. But let's move on to the second set of 12 stones that were erected. No, the erection of the second set of 12 stones were actually done by Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18 at Mount Carmel. Elijah contested with 450 prophets of Bill, but Elijah managed to call upon the fire from God while the prophets of Bill were unsuccessful. In verse 30, he says that, Then Elijah called to the people, Come, come over here. They all crowded around him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribe of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Why did Elijah do that? Why did Elijah use the 12 stones to rebuild the altar? He could have done, he could have done it with many things. But why did God tell Elijah to use the 12 stones to rebuild the altar? I believe it's to remind the Israelites that the 12 tribes of Israel are still united under the covenant of God. They are still united under the covenant of God. After 12 or 15 judges, if you include Samson, Samuel and Eli, and a few terrible kings, God was still calling out to Israelite, reminding them, please come back to me. God was still calling the Israelites, come back to me. Therefore, the milestones that God has laid in our lives are also a reminder that God is faithful and He's still waiting for us to return to Him. The second, 12, second sets of 12 stones are a reminder that God wants us to be back with Him again, calling us to return to Him again. You know, some of us may be waiting for God, for God's call to return to Him. Today is the day. Today is the day. You may still be waiting for God's call for you to cross over the river again. Let me tell you, today is the day. As I was preparing this message, I felt that someone in main century is God is calling out to you. The pers- there's someone in, main, in the main century that God is calling out to you. 
So after service, if you could come forward for prayer, I'm sure the pastors or the prayer minister would love to minister to you. Now what about the 12 stones? The third 12 stones, third set of 12 stones. Where can we find in the Bible? Joshua chapter 4 verse 9 says this again. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. And they are there to this day. I'm sure you'll be asking like many others, what is the point of erecting 12 stones in the middle of the river covered by water? If you can't see it, why build it? The 12 stones at Gilgal, okay, we, all, we all understood, okay, it's, it is visible. And the Israelites were, were to remember the miracles of, that God has done. It was for future generations. The second 12 stones is a reminder of the wayward, for the wayward tribes of 12 tribes of Israel to be that God is still uniting them under the covenant of God. But what about this last set of 12 stones that's built in the middle of the Jordan River? What were they for? Well, there are many explanations, and some scholars actually mention this, that, that this is abolishment, this represents the abolishment of the old law under Moses, an appointment of the new covenant to come. You know, as Moses represented the law, hence submerging it would meant that the end of the law and the beginning of something new under Joshua. And as you, many of you would have known by now, that Joshua is the Hebrew name for, for Jesus in Greek. It could also imply the cleansing of the sin of the world. But the third one is something that I would subscribe to. The baptism. Baptism. The baptism of the 12 tribes of Israel. Perhaps it is time for the old law to be submerged and a new baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ to emerge. Remember Pastor Anthony shared about two weeks ago mentioning that the book of Joshua is a reference toward baptism. He used the United Methodist hymnal to illustrate this reference. Well, perhaps the 12 tribes in the river is a symbolic of the baptism to come. That 12 stones represented the 12 tribes of Israel requiring a new covenant and it begins with a baptism of repentance. The song we sang earlier, as this word, repentance, it begins with the baptism of repentance. On the map, um, that's going to be shown here, you will see that the place where the Israelites did the crossing was rather near to Jericho. Okay? I highlighted it in red so it's easier for you to, to refer to. And when John the Baptist conducted the baptism of repentance at Bethany, as according to the map, uh, the next map, you will also realize, okay, that it is rather close to Jericho. But we need to bear in mind this, okay? That there are two Bethany's involved. And John chapter 1 verse 28 actually mentioned this, that this all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. So there are two Bethany's. One, Beth one Bethany is actually very near to Jerusalem. The other Bethany is pretty close to get Sea of Galilee, up north, pretty far up north. So which Bethany is it? Which Bethany could it be? As we refer to the scriptures again, to Mark chapter 1, verse 5, it says that all of Judea 
including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. It is most likely that the Bethany that's been referred to is the one that's closest to Jerusalem, closest to Jericho. It is the people of Jerusalem will not travel all the way up north to where the Sea of Galilee is to be baptized by John. So hence, this Bethany that is close to Jericho will be the most likely of place. Therefore, it seems that the Jordan River crossing and that where, is where the 12 stones were erected and the river where the baptism of John was conducted were rather close. They were rather close. Although we're not able to ascertain the actual location, this seemed to be a possible location. This could be the reason why God erected the 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan. To awake a future restoration of the 12 tribes of Israel through the baptism of repentance by John the Baptist and thus ushering the ministry of Jesus. Wow, this is possibly what God was trying to do. The hidden 12 stones, 12 stones in the water was actually something for them to look forward to in the future. The restoration of their nation through beginning with the baptism of repentance. The final 12 stones were hidden, unseen and perhaps forgotten. However, it will emerge to bring forth the beginning of the salvation of Israel and the whole of mankind with the beginning of the baptism of repentance. Repentance. Hmm. This word repentance has been, repeat, has been repeated. During the recent church prayer meeting on Wednesday, there was this group that were praying and they were reminded of the word repentance. Friends, when was the last time that you uttered the word repentance to God apart from the common rituals? Have we repented of our sins? You know, the 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan mentioned at that time in Joshua chapter 4 was a distant future covenant to be fulfilled by Jesus and it began with the baptism of repentance. Though they may not have fully understood at that time but God had placed some milestones to signify of His plans to redeem them and the world. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? How can we learn some, what can we learn from here? These 12 stones could be a reminder that God has a plan for our future. Though we may not see it clearly now, but God still cares and is watching over us. You know, while preparing for this sermon, I discovered a very important milestone that God had placed in my life. When I was young, I, I had never thought that I would one day be a pastor. However, when I look back at the milestones that God had laid in my life along the way, I begin to understand his plans. You know, my family, my parents and my grandparents, they are, they are non-believers or they are pre-believers. 
However, we live beside a church. And the pastor of that church regarded me as their godson. He taught me much. And this was the place where I was first exposed to the Bible. When I was 12, you know, my neighborhood friends, my cycling kakis, brought me to St. Paul's Church. And that was the place I grew up spiritually and eventually began my full-time ministry 12 years later at the age of 24. This was some of the submerged 12 stones that will remain unknown if we have not realized what God has done or what God is doing. What are your landmarks, my friends, my fellow priests? What are your 12 stones? Some are obvious, while others require some searching. But the thing is this, if we do not identify them, they will remain forgotten. They will remain unveiled. If we take the time to consider and to put it down in words, and when it is finally revealed, do you know the excitement and the wonderful beauty it is? How we can glorify God with it and say, Wow, God, you have been in my, in my life since then. You know how beautiful it is to be able to see that God is shaping you along the way. The milestones that we have in our lives are so crucial. The milestones that we have in our lives are shaping us. But we need to identify them. We need to acknowledge them. You know, in summary, the first 12 stones are obvious landmarks to remind us of God's presence in our lives through the miracles that he had, he, has, he had performed in us. Let us share it. You know, we all have experienced miracles. However, we may have failed to recognize them. The second 12 stones of Elijah are the 12 stones that to remind us that God is calling us to return to Him. We will all fall in our walk. Whether you like it or not, we will all fall. But let's remember that God is always there waiting faithfully and calling out, calling out to us to return to Him. The third 12 stones were the landmark of a new covenant to come for the Israelites, beginning with the, with the need for repentance through the baptism of water. And that is also a reminder for us to consider those hidden stones that we have not discovered, put them down, Observe them. You know, the 12 men from the 12 represented the 12 tribes. By the 12 tribes, they represent every individual in their tribe. The crossing of the Red Sea was symbolic of water baptism. The wandering in the wilderness symbolizes the walk of the Christian you know, through, the, through life. The crossing of Jordan into the promised land symbolizes the Christian entering into heaven. The stones carried into the promised land are memorial to their successful entry. The Christians are spoken of as lively stones. We are alive. We are lively stones. We are not dead. And for God to continue existing in our families and our children, we have to share. We have to share. Living stones share. 
some of you may call it oral tradition, but how oral tradition is important is that through sharing. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5, I read earlier, but now I'm going to read from another translation. Say, ye also, as living stones, are built up as, as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We are living stones. We are holy priesthood. Let us rise up as living stones, as holy priesthood, to offer ourselves as living sacrifice to God through Jesus Christ. You know, church, we have landmarks. We have landmarks. We need to identify them as a reminder. I hoped, I sincerely hope and pray that you will not leave this, leave this place forgetting about what's been shared. The three main simple main points. Here, here, if you're not remembered the rest, just remember this. The landmarks that God has given you are meant to be shared. They are meant to pass on. If you do not share them, someone is missing out someone is missing out. Let us truly be responsible to share the milestones that God has planted in our life. Let us pray. Lord, I pray, I truly pray that Lord, that we will sincerely observe you. We will sincerely go back, or in fact right now, to search our hearts of the things that you have done in our lives. We will sincerely look upon you with great importance. Let us not pass by and let us not, in fact, wave a miracles as something that is out of natural. But let us consider everything that we have gone through with great importance and placing you in it. There is no such thing as coincidence. There's no such thing as mere natural event. Everything has your hand in it. So let us remember that you are in charge and you are in our lives. And I pray all this in mighty name of Jesus.